Welcome to the Money Mastery Unleashed podcast. If you're looking to create generational wealth, increase your net worth, and create your best financial life, then this is the show for you. Now get ready to enhance your finances with your host and certified financial advisor, Adam Olson. Welcome back to the Money Mastery Unleashed podcast. This is Adam Olson today. And in this episode today, I'm going to be covering a chapter out of my second book, What's Your Plan? I'm going to be talking about chapter number two on order of operations. Now, this book is available on Amazon or it's available on my website, adamdolson.com. If you guys just simply want a PDF copy, I'd be more than happy to email you a copy as well. So let me know if you'd like a copy of it that way. Again, this is order of operations that I'm going to be talking to you guys about today. This is really how we work with a lot of our clients to establish their savings and investing plan. So the first thing that we start with, the very first place that we look to save money for clients is inside of their employer retirement plan. Now, this is usually a 401k, maybe a 403b plan. That's the very first spot that you should look at saving your first dollars for retirement. Usually these plans offer a match. So if you put in a certain percent, the employer is going to put in a certain percent for you too. That is the best option for you to utilize for the very first thing you're doing. Now, these plans have limits on how much you can put in, depending on your age and depending on what type of plan that you're contributing to. Now, these limits are now over in excess of $20,000 for your contribution, and the employer matches on top of that. The number one question that people have when they contribute to these plans that we work with is, hey, Adam, should I be doing pre-tax or should I be doing post-tax? And to answer this, it depends on a few things that we're working through with you. It depends on your age and it depends on your income bracket. I would say if you're age 59 plus and you're in a high income tax bracket, one of the highest brackets there is, I would encourage you to do pre-tax investments. If you're in a low income tax bracket and you're an extremely young person, say under 30, you should definitely do Roth. Now, in between there, there gets to be a lot of conversations that we have when we're doing individual planning with clients on, do you want to pay tax today on the money or do you want to pay tax when you retire on the money? Now, I will personally tell you that I'm in my mid-30s and inside of my 401k plan here in 2024, I am doing Roth contributions because I'm doing pre-tax things and other retirement plans that I have access to. And so I chose to do post-tax Roth contributions in my 401k plan so that that way when I get to retirement age, I got this big pot of tax-free dollars that I get a draw down from. And it doesn't matter what my income is. It doesn't matter what health insurance premiums are at that future age because when you get on Medicare in the future, guys, your income dictates your Medicare premiums at retirement time when you're over age 65. So in my planning that I did personally, I chose to switch it up and do all Roth contributions here in 2024 inside of my 401k plan. That way, when I get to retirement time, I got this big pot of tax-free dollars that I can pull from, and I don't have to worry about any taxes due at that time. So just know that pre-tax or post-tax, it depends on your goals, it depends on your age, it depends on your income. The lower the age you are, the lower tax bracket that you're in, that's going to shift you more towards Roth. The higher age you are, the higher tax bracket you're in, generally speaking, that's going to shift you towards pre-tax. Unless you're doing some more comprehensive planning and you're really worried about your tax situation in the future and potential health insurance costs in the future as well. 
personally, I just looked at it as, hey, you know, I'm a young person now. I'm still working. I don't have a problem paying taxes on this deferrals that I'm doing inside of the 401k plan. Therefore, let's pay the tax today and get it tax-free in the future. That's the way that I personally looked at it. A lot of people now, maybe you're not able to save that 20% bogey that I have set that I tell a lot of people to utilize. Well, a simple thing for you to do is every year you get a raise, simply shift a portion of that raise towards your retirement plan contribution. So say you're a young person, you're just starting out, maybe you're in your 40s and you're just starting out and you're saving 5% in your 401k plan and easy math, let's say you get a 5% match. Well, right there, you're at 10%. You got a ways to go till you get to 20%. And it may seem like a pretty big leap for you, but something to work on. Every year you get a raise, take a portion of that raise and shift it to your retirement savings plan at work. Say you get a 3% raise January 1st, June 1st, whatever it is. Just take 1% of that and shift it into your retirement plan at work. Do that year after year after year after year. And before you know it, you'll be at 20% or more savings inside of your retirement plan. One thing that that does as well for you is that helps you avoid something that we call lifestyle creep. So most people, if they have the money, they're going to spend it. So whether they get a 3% raise or a 10% raise or a 15% raise, most people are going to see extra money in their bank account and they're going to find a way to spend it. Again, an easy hack for you, shift that money to savings so it doesn't even hit your bank account and you won't even know it's there. I use some examples in the book of showing how people that do this increase their savings over time. For this podcast, just know that you're going to be happy that you did it. All right, the second place to start saving. After you've invested in the 401k plan, you're maxing it out, you're getting the company match, the next spot that we look at is IRA plans, okay? So IRA plans, you can just do pre-tax, just like in the 401k, or you can do post-tax. In addition, they also have something that's called a backdoor Roth that you can do. So if you're a high-income individual, say you're a husband and wife, and you're making half a million dollars a year, well, your income is too high to directly contribute to a Roth IRA. But there is a tool that you can utilize called a backdoor Roth that allows you in a roundabout way to put money in a non-deductible IRA, then convert it to a Roth IRA. Now, this is a pretty complex process. It is a strategy that does take some work. It does take some tax planning as well to do. And so just make sure if you're going to utilize a backdoor Roth member, make sure that you research it on your own extensively or that you work with an advisor who helps you with those things. Again, the Roth IRAs, what's nice about the Roth IRA is it grows tax-free and you take it out tax-free. In addition to that, something really cool about Roth IRAs that a lot of people don't understand is I personally talk to clients about this all the time and I'm planning to use it on ours as well if we need to. This is what it is. Five years after that Roth has been established, you can access the principal, which means what you've put in. You can access the principal without any penalties, without any taxes. In addition to that, you can use the principal plus the growth, again, if it's been after five years, for a higher education cost for kids. So when Katie and I are doing our planning, we're doing these backdoor Roths, we're doing Roth contributions in individual IRA accounts over the years. We plan, if we need to, to utilize those Roth assets for kids' college if we deem it's necessary. So we are doing a 529, but if that's not enough, we can access these Roth dollars, which is an awesome tool to utilize. So we're looking at 401k first, workplace plan first, 
Then we're looking at IRA accounts. The next one that we look at is an HSA. HSA is a health savings plan. You have to have a HSA eligible health insurance plan to get an HSA. But if you do, these plans are an awesome, awesome, awesome tool for you guys to utilize. And I feel like they are not used as often as they should be. So check this out. HSA is a triple tax benefit product that you can use. The first way, contributions go in tax deductible. Okay. It grows tax-free. And if you use the HSA dollars for qualified uses, it's tax-free coming out. In addition to that, guys, after the age of 65, you can use the HSA for whatever you want. You just have to pay taxes on it. But again, you can use HSA dollars to pay Medicare premiums. You can use it for long-term care costs down the road. And it grows tax-free. So what you can actually do is you can contribute to your HSA at work. You can link it to an investment account. You can invest those dollars, have the HSA funds grow tax-free, use it for medical bills, use it for dental bills, save it for Medicare premiums down the road, save it for long-term care costs down the road. This is not utilized as often as it should be. HSAs are an excellent tool if you have the ability to contribute to one for your future retirement savings. Again, triple tax benefit. It goes pre-tax going in, grows tax-deferred, and if you use it for the right stuff, it's tax-free coming out. It is the only investment tool that's out there available to you that has triple tax benefits to it. Let's talk about the fourth one. So first one again, 401k, IRA, and then HSA. Now we're on to number four, which is a taxable brokerage account. So what this is, a taxable brokerage account is essentially an investment account that you put money into, and it's money in, money out whenever you want. It's a liquid account, and as long as you leave the money invested for over 12 months, it's taxed at long-term capital gains rates, which are lower than ordinary income tax rates. So when you're doing a taxable brokerage account, you really want to focus on a tax-managed fund that's going to grow for the long term. So when I talk about these brokerage accounts, I compare it to the hybrid golf club that I have that's in my golf bag. So I'm not a great golfer. I don't golf a whole lot, but I have a hybrid golf club in my bag. And this thing, I'm not lying to you guys. I use it from anywhere from like an 80 yard shot to a 200 yard shot. That's probably not what you're supposed to do, but it works for me in my golf game because it's not very good to start with. But an HSA or excuse me, a brokerage account account is really like that hybrid golf club. You know, I can use that brokerage account maybe to save for uh, a second home goal that I have in 10 years. I could use that brokerage account to maybe save for kids' college that I have in 18 years. I could use that brokerage account to maybe save for my future retirement. If I want to retire at 55 and I don't have access to my IRA or 401k dollars till I'm 60, I can use that brokerage account for income at age 55. There's no limits on when you can take it out, how you can take it out, how you can spend it. It's either taxed at short-term capital gains rates, which are ordinary income rates if you access the money, if you sell your funds within less than 12 months, if you hold it for over 12 months, you're taxed at long-term rates, which are right now lower than ordinary income tax rates. Here's how I personally view my brokerage account that I'm utilizing. So I utilize what's called a direct index 
brokerage account. And what this is, is we hire a third-party manager to invest the dollars for me in dividend-paying stocks. And here's my theory behind this. This is what I'm personally planning on doing. Right now, I'm dumping in money into the investment, the brokerage account, and I'm buying all of these dividend stocks. Now, when they purchase these stocks for me, I'm getting qualified dividends out, which are taxed at a lower rate than ordinary dividends. So I'm getting preferential tax treatment on my dividends, and I'm just reinvesting those. So I'm not taking any money of it out, out of it right now. But here's my thought. I do this for 20, 30 years, and then at some undefined date in the future, I can just say, hey, instead of reinvesting those dividends, just pay me those dividends out. I no longer want to keep saving. I just want to spend my dividends. So quit reinvesting, quit growing the account. Give me my dividends to spend. That's going to be the paycheck that I'm going to get. And then that dividend account is going to keep growing or shrinking depending on what the market does. But my income stays steady, which is a super tool, cool tool that I'm excited to utilize in the future because of preferential tax treatment and how those dividends are paid to me. And the other thing is when my kids eventually inherit that dividend account, they get step up in basis in the account. So when I pass away, say the account's worth a million dollars and I've only invested 500,000 into it. Well, my kids, if they were to liquidate all those stocks, they would sell them at a basis of a million dollars and there might not be any taxes due on the distribution for them at that time. So that's another cool thing about taxable brokerage account is the step up in basis at my eventual death. The last thing that I'm going to talk to you guys about ways you can save for your future, the order of operations, again, 401k, IRA, HSA, taxable brokerage account. The last one is life insurance. So this is a common tool that's used a lot. It's called overfunded life insurance. Essentially what you do is you get a life insurance policy, you dump as much cash in as the IRS allows you to based upon the rules and regulations of the actual policy. The money grows tax-free, and then in the future, you're able to take loans out from the policy and get a tax-free loan. As long as that policy stays in force, guys, the money that you take out is never taxable, and the death benefit that's paid out is income tax-free to the beneficiaries. That's a pretty quick summary of how the life insurance works. Just know that you have to be in decent health for it to work. You have to be able to fund it properly for it to work, and you have to be able to do it for a meaningful amount of years for it to really work. So you're overfunding a life insurance policy, you're trying to get the cash value to grow, and then the idea is that you take out loans from your own cash value, tax-free. Again, that is a huge thing about the life insurance when you're using that is that the income that you receive from it is income tax-free. So I'm personally using this as well. The idea that I have with my index universal life policy that I'm using, I've been overfunding it for quite a few years. I'm funding it at the max every year that they allow me to. And the idea is that, hey, if I need that money for kids' college, I can use it for that. If I need it where we run into a rough patch, maybe in our 50s or 60s, I can use it for that. Say I need to use it for kids' weddings, I can use it for that. If I want to retire at age 55 and I don't have access to my pre-tax investments or my Roth until 60, I can use it for that. So it's kind of like that hybrid golf club again. The life insurance is an extremely flexible tool that you can use if designed properly for tax-free income at some undefined date in the future.
So that's it. That's the order of operations that I work with all clients on 401k, IRA, HSA, brokerage, life insurance. That is an excellent tool for you guys to think about when you're planning your own retirement or if you're working with an advisor to make sure that they have your right interest in mind, use that as a tool for your future retirement savings. Inside the book, I give an excellent example of a client case study that we did this on to help them set set themselves up for an extremely, extremely fruitful future. So if you want to check that out, guys, again, the book is What's Your Plan? It's available on Amazon. It's available on my website, Adam D. Olson. If you guys just drop me an email, I'd be more than happy to send you a PDF copy of it as well, free, no charge. My email is just adam.olson at mutualofomaha.com. And I'm going to start doing these episodes. I'm going to take some chapters out of the book, and then I'm going to start talking about them. I'm not going to read the book out to you guys, but I'm going to verbally go through with you guys what the chapter is about, what the key takeaways are, to help educate you guys about money, about what the books are about. Again, Grab a copy if you want to. Email me. Be happy to share a free copy with you. This has been chapter two from my book, What's Your Plan? About the order of operations. If you guys find value in the show, I would love it if you would share it out. Stay tuned to the Money Mastery Unleashed podcast for more great stuff coming your way soon. Mm-hmm.